Thank you for tuning in to Church on the Rock podcast. We have a great sermon in store for you. We hope this message challenges you, builds you, and motivates you into taking the next step in your purpose with God. Enjoy the sermon. I, I apologize in advance for what I'm about to do to you. It's all right. But I got to say it so that you can just walk in it and live in it and chew on it until you grow into everything we're talking about. Yes. He says in verse number 19 is where we, we're going to get to tonight. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Now, keys are symbolic of two things. They're symbolic of revelation and authority. So when the Bible talks about keys, he's talking about revelation or authority or the ability to open or, or, or the ability to bring something into an accessible state. And he says, and I will give you now he's talking to Peter. He says upon this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give to you the authority of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, it's good that he ties that together because he says, if, if, if heaven didn't bind it, you can't bind it. And if heaven didn't loose it, you can't loose it. So this authority that you're going to have, you can't just do what you want with it. You're going to be functioning under the authority that I will give you. And that's good because that means in the kingdom, you can't use this power if you're an outlaw. He says, if you get outside of what I bound and what I've loosed, I'll cut it off. But he says, but to those that I've given the keys of the kingdom to, your assignment is to declare on earth what I've declared in heaven. And it means to forbid or to stop on earth what I've already declared unlawful in heaven, which means the church is a legislative group of people. And so we've been talking about the dominion mandate, getting back to the real reason he established the church or or people, period, on planet earth. The reason he made us, God had a plan for man. And that plan was image, likeness, and dominion. And the church has got to get back to that original plan so that we can see the kingdom, the rule of God come on earth and in your life like God designed it. Now, these revelations have been stirring in me because at the beginning of the year, everywhere I've gone, I've told this story about one of my mentors who found himself in a wealthy man's house, I believe in upper state New York. And walking through the house, he sees this elaborate fish tank, this aquarium in this wealthy man's house. And he's walking over looking at all of the different kinds of fish that are in that tank. And he says, um, he saw one of them that he had never seen before, just a little fish, you know, swimming over in the, the corner. And he called the wealthy man and said, what, what kind of fish is this? I've never seen this before. The very unique fish. And the wealthy man said, oh, that's a Japanese oranda fish. 
Japanese oranda fish. He says, hmm, I've never seen that. That's unique. He says, no, if you really want to know what's unique about this fish, the wealthy man says, if you see this fish in my tank, he says, this fish is about four to five inches long. That's as big as it'll ever get. He says, however, if you take this fish out of my tank and put it in its natural habitat or put it in a lake or in an ocean, he says that fish will grow to be over a foot long. It has the capacity to be 12 to 15 inches long. But he says in my tank, he'll only grow to be about four or five inches. And my mentor looked at him and said, now, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. You mean to tell me that that little fish swimming around in your tank actually has the capacity to be over a foot long and the only thing determining its size is the tank is swimming in? Wow. He says, yes, because the uniqueness about that fish is it conforms to the environment. And so, and so that has spoken to me because what the church has done is it has provided for us an environment so small. Y'all know where I'm going. <laughs> that the believer has not been able to function yet in full capacity. And what we've got to do is get out of these religious tanks we've been swimming in. Because there is greater capacity in all of us. And I'm not about to live my life at five inches. When I've been born, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. In other words, I refuse to live like a human when I've been born in the image and likeness of God. And it is time for a generation to shatter the tank and just see how close to this we can get. It's time for some people to get out the boat and say, if I get wet, I get wet, but I ain't paddling no more. I'm about to walk on this water and see if it'll hold me up. And so our thinking has to change. We, we have to think bigger. Now to show you how far away we are from full capacity is that Jesus in the earth is us in full capacity. In other words, the Bible says we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God, which means there are certain things we'll never get into because our minds won't let us. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said, son, if you want to know how far off your thinking is, if you want to know how much you have to renew your mind, he says, Jesus is you in your right mind. (laughs) You think we need some work? (laughs) Which means we're not functioning. He meant it when he said, the works that I do, ye shall do. He meant it when he said, behold, I give you authority over all devils in the kingdom. He meant it. 
And we have got to start to get to the point where we begin to walk in it. There is greater capacity. So look at your neighbor, say neighbor for the next 45 minutes. I'm going to shatter the tank. Come on, tell them I'm shatter the tank. I got to get you out. I got to get you out. I got to get you out where you start functioning like Jesus. Got to get you out where you start believing like she said. You got to start believing. You got to start believing on a whole nother level. Now, what we're talking about is now then functioning in this dominion at full capacity. What can I do with this power? How do I activate it in my life? I want to make this statement. You have no idea what is happening in the realm of the spirit over your life right now. If he were to fold back the heavens and let you peek into the realm of the spirit. There is so much spiritual activity going on around your life. And you and I have been given the responsibility to police our own lives. Change begins really in your life when you begin to take authority over it. What do I mean by that? You do realize that a lot of what is going to happen in your life Mm -hmm. is not left up to God. One of the biggest misnotions that we have had over the ages is that God is in control. You better hope he ain't. (laughs) Because if God is in control of this earth and everything that happens on it, then I don't know if heaven is going to be as good as we thought it was going to be. No, he is not in control. Man is in control in this earth and God will control it to the, to the degree that a man will allow him to do it. And over your life until you quit waiting on God and start using what God gave you to begin to affect your life, change won't happen. But tonight, you take responsibility over your own life and you're going to do things in the realm of the spirit that is going to cause the changes in your life that you've designed. God says, I've already made the promises. Jesus said they're already yes and amen. So if you don't get them, it'll be because the devil outfought you for them. Did you hear what I said? So that if you don't get it, it's because you lost the battle. Right over your life. And so now we've got to learn that we have been anointed to pull things into manifestation in the earth realm. This is what he said the church would do. So now how do we do it? The Bible declares that I have given you authority. This is going to change your life forever. If you just work this principle. Mm -hmm. When God created Adam, he made him very unique from everything else that he created on the earth. He made him a speaking spirit. That's what separates him from the animal kingdom Mm -hmm. is that God created man and made him a speaking Mm -hmm. spirit. 
Here is the thing that's going to change your life and set it on a whole new, new course. Why did God make him a speaking spirit? Because he has authority. She, Eve, has authority down here. Now, when God gave them dominion, watch this. He didn't give like them dominion where they could function in it apart from God. He gave them his dominion. In other words, he authorized them to use his authority. That's why when they rebelled against him, he snatched it back. So you and I don't have power. Only way we get it is that we have been authorized by God. So apart from him, we have none. So he gave Adam and Eve authority and then made them a speaking spirit. Why? Because your mouth was created for legislation. Your mouth has two primary roles. Number one, conversation. Interaction with one another. Number two, legislation. Conversation is for natural communication, which means there are times you speak to conversate. I want to communicate a natural thought to another person. But then there are times when you speak, you legislate, which means I ain't talking to nothing in the natural. Now my voice is moving things in the spirit. And if you have more conversation than legislation, which means if you're talking more to people, than things in the realm of the spirit, then you only speak as a human and not a spirit. You must understand that you are a spirit. You come from a spirit realm. God breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So you are spirit in a body. But your body is not you. It contains you. The reason God made you that way is so that you can be on earth for authority, but not from earth so that you could supersede the earth with your authority. Which means your real power is over spirits, not people. (laughs) God didn't give us dominion over one another. That's what gets us in trouble. We keep trying to run one another's lives. Tell one another what to do. He didn't give us dominion over one another. He gave us dominion over spirits. And so there is a twofold meaning to your words. They affect the natural and they affect the spirit. You are supposed to function as a speaking spirit. Which means your voice, who are you, are you ready for this? Is acknowledged in the realm of the spirit. That's right. That's right. I'm going to let that settle in on you. That those of us that are created in the image and likeness of God and born again, when you open your mouth, immediately the realm of the spirit 
acknowledges your words. You have authority now. Immediately, your words are acknowledged in another realm. And it is in that realm that you have the authority. It's there that you rule. It's there that you reign. Now, why is it there? Because spiritual activity calls earthly manifestation. Whatever is going on up there will find its way into manifestation down here. This is the way God did it. That's why when God wanted to rearrange, boy, you, you got me preaching too much stuff in here, Pastor. That's why when God wanted to rearrange the earth, which is physical, he didn't reach down with his hand and move any water. That's right. That's right. He opened his mouth and his words moved things in the earth realm because the spiritual dimension supersedes the earthly dimension. That's why he says, I need somebody that will stand in the gap between heaven and earth so that my will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. You and I were created for one dominant reason. It is to bring what God has destined into manifestation in the earth so he can have his will done in your life. And I came to tell you tonight, you and I stand as a portal between heaven and earth. That's what we were created for. Oh God, okay. Okay, let me, let me, let me prove this to you. When they were up here singing, it was amazing when they were worshiping and they started singing, you are my hiding place and all of that. And I went somewhere in the spirit. And while they were singing, I started seeing stuff and hearing stuff. <laughs> because music affects another realm. See, when you function under the anointing of the spirit, it's always about the spiritual dimension. That's why people will fall out or shout or jump because something spiritual is happening. You see it in the natural, but that ain't where the action is. It's happening in another realm. The Spirit of the Lord spoke this to me. When you deal with Jehoshaphat, you remember when, when, when the four kings were coming after the camp of God and and. I mean, Mount Seir, the Ammonites, the Moabites, here, here they all come, four nations come into battle. The man of God goes in for counsel and the Lord says, you're not going to need to fight in this one. He said, no, 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 no. This battle is on me. Well, what do you want us to do? He says, here's what I want you to do to win this victory. I need you to sing this one out. Sing? Yeah, yeah. Get the, get the worshipers out there. And I want y'all to just sing a song. Say, the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. So now you know the story. Here they come. Second Chronicles chapter number 20, I believe it is. Here they come into the battle to fight 
And instead of spears and swords, they stand up and sing for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And look at what your Bible says happened. It says that the armies got confused and began to fight one another and destroy one another until they totally devoured one another. And then the camp of God, Jehoshaphat and the crew showed up to just pick up the spoils. Now, what is that telling you? That music affects another realm. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. It ain't even about what's happening in this building. It's about what's happening in another realm when you open your mouth. That's why you ain't got to be the best um, singer. You don't have to have the best pitch. You don't have to have the best tone. But if it comes up out your spirit, it's going to start shifting something in a whole nother realm. (laughs) Because you are a spirit being. And what you do affects another realm. That's why prayer is important. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Jesus said, pray this way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, which means your prayers are, are, are functioning in a realm you can't see. Come on. That prayer is the exercise of authority in a realm you cannot see. And what we've got to do is be more mindful of a realm that we exist in because you're in it right now. It's nothing spooky. You're a spirit being. You are in a spiritual dimension when you sit in here right now. Right this moment. Uh And so you've got to learn now to trust that. Say, I trust that. that. So now that you understand that you've been given authority in another realm, Mm -hmm. then now that tells you that the most valuable thing you possess is right underneath your nose. Oh, my. Your mouth is your superpower. Glory to God. You know, all these superheroes, they have a superpower. You know, it's something that they do to shift them in another dimension. For us, it's your mouth. Words are your superpower. (laughs) I'm fixing to take you down through this Bible and show you the full capacity of what comes out of your mouth, if you believe it. So now that you understand this, this is the mandate that God gave us. Control this earth with your authority. Speak, legislate. That's what the church is supposed to be doing. So now I want you to go to Matthew chapter number eight, and it's an amazing story. And for the sake of time, we won't turn to all of these, but I just want to turn to a few of them so you can see 
what you're working with. <laughs> Verse number five, Matthew eight and five. Now, when Jesus had entered in Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus said, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come up under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes and to another, come. And he comes into my servant, do this. And he does it. And when Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, surely I say to you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Good God. Out of all the things that Jesus did, out of all the people he came in contact with, he said, this one here, he said, this one got me. He says, I've never seen faith like this. This is great faith. And when we talk about great faith, Great faith is not necessarily, um, when we say great, we're not talking about size, like you got to have a lot of faith, like a size of faith, because the Bible says all it takes is the grain of a mustard seed. What great faith is uncontaminated belief, that I've reached the point where about this situation, there is no doubt. And the Bible said that this man, out of all the people came to Jesus in such belief that there was no doubt in him that his servant would be healed. And what gave him that kind of faith, he understood authority. He understood authority. I don't know how he got the revelation. I don't know how he'd been watching Jesus. I don't know how he got the download, but he got it. Where he said, my servant is back home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. Jesus says, since you come to me, I'll come healing. He said, you don't even have to come. Speak the word (laughs) because when you in authority you speak the word and he says I've learned something about you he says and the reason I know this is because it happens to me I'm also in authority and I'm under the authority of Rome. And when I tell a centurion soldier to go, he goes. And when I tell him to come, he comes. When I tell my servant to do it, they do it. Why? Because I'm in authority. He says, I've been watching you. And I don't know how he got it, but he says, you backed up by God. Mm. 
And I have noticed that whatever you say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, whoa, 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 yeah. Uh, you backed up by God. Let, let me rewind back there in case you didn't get that. Because your authority is only powerful to the extent of who's backing you. And he says, you have the alpha and omega behind you. you, you you've, got, you've got God behind you. And, and I've noticed that if he's backing you, then that authority is coming from him through you. What can resist God? Nothing. And he says, I've been watching you heal these people. And I've noticed that out of the 37 miracles that you did in the Bible, over a half of them, he never touched anybody. Go back and read the Bible. <laughs> that over half of the miracles that Jesus worked, he didn't touch them. He spoke. All he did was give a command. And they were healed. And so he says, I've been watching this. And he says, sickness and disease has to obey you. He says, so you don't even have to come. Speak a word. Because words are how you transfer and transport authority. That if I'm in authority, I don't have to be present to enforce it. God if I'm really in authority, I ain't even got to be there to enforce it. My words make me present. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? That's why the Bible say, and he sent his word and healed them. Because if he sent his word, whatever came out his mouth makes his authority present wherever he sent it. He says, I ain't even got to be there. If my word there, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. If my word is there, things will obey me as though my presence is there. Oh, that's authority. That's authority. I said that's authority. Come on, somebody shout glory. That's authority. That's authority because now that's the same authority that he gave to us. Oh, come on, keep shouting now that this ain't just about Jesus now. Behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And we've got to get to a point where we believe in what we got so that when somebody calls us and tells us about a bad report, we tell them I ain't even got to come down now. I can sit right here on the cell phone and deal with it. Be seated, please. I'm talking about authority to believe that I can speak from here and shift things over there. That I can talk from here and change something in California. Why? Because there's no time or distance in the realm of the spirit. That when a spirit speaks, it permeates the whole realm and things begin to move. Some of you don't understand that when you open up your mouth and declare some things tonight, even though you are in Nashville, God's going to start setting stuff in motion from the four corners of this earth to come bring to pass what came out of your mouth. You got to understand that you and I have a 
authority. And when we find Satan up to something, shut it down. And I don't have to be there because this ain't physical. It's spiritual. I don't have to be present in the physical. This, this is spiritual. I know when I open my mouth, every devil in hell is subject to my voice in his authority. Do you believe it, church? Oh, well, let, 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 let me take you higher. Let me take you higher because you, you got to work some stuff in the realm of the spirit. Go to Acts chapter number 19 and then the rest of them I'll quote. The rest of them I'll quote it. But go to Acts 19. I told you I'm going to turn you into a weapon of mass destruction. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, that's why your mouth's so big, so you can run it. That's why it's so big. That's why it's so big. You got some stuff to handle. You've been talking about everything, but you're going to start talking to everything. Oh, <laughs> my God. Now, Acts chapter number 19, you know the story. Paul is working these mighty miracles, signs and wonders, unusual miracles with handkerchiefs and aprons are brought from his body and sick people are being healed. But then another amazing thing is happening. Evil spirits are leaving people with the presence of these handkerchiefs and aprons. Then verse number 13, some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took upon themselves to call on the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we exercise you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there are the seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest who did so also. And the evil spirit answered, this is amazing, and said, Jesus, I know. And Paul, I know, but who of you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on them, overpowered them, prevailed against them so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Now, what was the difference here? (laughs) Paul has the authority of Christ. Write this down. In order for me to function in this type of of authority, I have to be in his name. Which means believers have this. That the realm of the spirit does not recognize anybody that is not in Christ Jesus. In other words, you have no authority because authority is given to those who are in his image and after his likeness. And when you got born again, all of hell knew it. And they know what you're packing. They just hope you'll never know. Because Paul knew God's authority so strong. And you have to realize the apostle Paul is different from Peter, James, and John. They walk with him. 
Yeah, they walked with him, Peter, James, John. They were part of the original 12. They, they saw miracle signs and wonders, but not Paul. Paul was a Pharisee. He was steeped in Judaism, and they didn't even believe in him. They didn't even want to acknowledge the resurrection. They persecuted them, and he was there when they held, um, he was there holding the coats of the men who stoned Stephen. Yeah. Fierce persecutor of the church, but then God met him on the road to Damascus, knocked him off of his high horse. He hits the ground, and God says, Boy, I didn't have my hand on you. Before you was even born, you were chosen of me. He gets up on his feet, I'm paraphrasing, excuse me, and he says, Who art thou, Lord? He sends him over to get his eyes opened because he was blinded. And when he leaves now in a nice house and he goes into ministry some three years later, he becomes, watch this, by revelation. One of the greatest apostles that were ever created. He didn't have firsthand knowledge of Jesus. He got a download, y'all. <laughs> Paul says I wasn't there with him, but when, he, when I got born again, he gave me a download of everything that happened on the cross. And so now Paul, who was once a persecutor of the church, has now been born again. And now he is in Christ Jesus. Now he learns that I have authority down here. And so he's working all these miracles, signs and wonders. Paul was so amazing that the devil could not kill him. He did not have the authority to do it. Oh, I wish I could talk about Paul. Can I have 30 seconds to talk about Paul? I mean, Paul was stoned. He, he was shipwrecked. He was snake bit. He was locked up and he still wouldn't die because they didn't have the authority authority to kill him. And when he'd been through all of that and wrote the last letter to Timothy, he says, I'm now ready. <laughs> Which Paul said, I ain't dying till I want to. See, this is the kind of authority we got. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. Don't walk around here talking about, well, you never know. This could be my last day. Oh, no, it ain't. I'm going to be here till I'm finished with what I'm called to do. Authority, authority, authority. And so Paul is working all of these miracles. He understands the power that is in the name, the name of Jesus. As long as I'm in the name. That means to the baby Christian, all the way up to the apostle, everybody in the name has authority over devils. And so Paul is working these miracles, and then these people are looking at him, say, in the name of Jesus. So they say, okay, I got the formula. Because they thought it was a formula. See, people do that right now in prayer. They put in the name of Jesus, but they do it like that's the tag to the end. In Jesus' name, amen. You understand, you can say the name. But there won't be no power if you ain't in the name. You, he didn't want you to just say the name. He wants you to be in the name. If just saying the name worked, it would have worked for them. And so they're watching it and they say, oh, I got this. I got the formula. 
So they come up upon this demon possessed man and they say, let me see, how, how do I get this? They say, let me get this right. In the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, come out. And he did and on him and beat him naked and sent him away because the devil said, Jesus, I know. I recognize him. Paul, I know. But who are you? I don't recognize you or your authority, which means there's something in the realm of the spirit. Y'all know him. That you and I carry, that demons know exactly who you are. And in this room tonight, if they know Jesus and they know Paul, you can bet they know Isaac Petrie, baby. And they know everybody else in here. The question is, do you know what they know? Somebody shout, I know who I am. And I got authority down here. Oh, shout and let the devil know we coming. I said shout and let the devil know. You know, devil. You know who we are. You know what I got. All right, be seated real quick, real quick. Let's, let's finish this up. And so now that tells us we have authority in a realm and they know it. They know it. What the enemy does not want you to know is that they know that if you tell them to quit, they have to. Now, let me ask you, when was the last time you told anything to stop? Which means we have allowed demonic activity to run in and out of our lives unchecked. This is the reason many people don't get healed. They don't get delivered. They don't get breakthroughs. They don't get blessed because they have never taken authority. Satan is not going to let you waltz into your destiny. These spirits have been given the, the, the assignment to destroy anything godly. He is after the image of God. And if you are in the image of God, Satan ain't going to let you have nothing. He ain't got to let me have it. I'm going to take it. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. Bring it on. And when you get done, I'm going to put some on your end so strong, you ain't going to ever come back down my address no more. I'm trying to tell you, you got the authority. And it is time for the body of Christ to quit trying to resist him and make him start to resist us. Because the original mandate is this. The gates of hell shall not prevail against you. This ain't about us keeping the devil off us. This is about us wading into the territory of the enemy and possessing what he's had control of and casting him out. Now over your life, over your life, let me show you how this authority it's supposed to be displayed. And then I'm going to leave you alone because I can't preach it all. 
in two sessions. I would have to stay here uh, for two years. <laughs> At least to get it all of it in as a, as a serious revival. Here's the way I want you to think. You have to think like a spirit. That I'm in authority down here. No matter what I look like, no matter what I feel like, I got it. Because I'm in him. It's his authority. That's why whatever I do, I got to do it in his name. Right. Not in my name, because I don't have no authority. I have to do it in his name. And what it means to be in his name means that I have access to what he possesses. Right. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm an heir of God and a yeah. joint heir with Christ. If he's got it, I got that's it. Right. So, so, so I don't need nothing. I just use his stuff. That's the, that's the way it works. Yeah. That's the way it works. Now, now she, she knows very well how this works. <laughs> be, 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 because a little over a year ago, she was Janet Gonzalez. You understand? Still amazing woman of God. Still a believer. Still a blessed, precious woman of God. But she didn't have access to nothing I got. <laughs> because she was still Janet Gonzalez. And she can't go in Gonzalez and get nothing that's in Petra's name. That's right. But then something happened, 81818. Her name was changed. Boy, have I got a witness. And she became Janet Petrie. Now we are heirs together and joint heirs. And now that she has my name, I don't even have to be present for her to get my stuff. Y'all don't hear. Jesus said, I'm going back to the Father. But I'm going to leave you in my name. I don't even have to be present for you to get my stuff. All you got to do is show up in my name. Somebody shout while I calm down. (laughs) Yes, yes, you, you have to understand you can shift things here. So be seated, be seated, be seated, please. So now, this is the way you have to live your life. And it's going to take time. You got to meditate on it. The last verse is John chapter number one. And I'm done. And then we're going to make some decrees. We're going to legislate. We're fixing to legislate. Start some stuff to moving around here. Look at what Jesus said. Now, here's the story. It's an amazing story. John, in the Baptist church, we called it St. John. St. John. Chapter number one. It's the story of Philip and Nathaniel. Jesus looks at Nathaniel, verse number 47. He's on the fig tree, and Jesus looks at him and said, Behold, an Israelite in whom there's no guile, no deceit is in him. And then Nathaniel comes up before Jesus and he says, how do you know me? How do you know me? Jesus said, because before I saw you, I already read your spirit. And I knew you had purity in you. Nathaniel said, Rabbi, 
Boy, if you read my spirit and stuff, then truly you are the son of God. And I love this. And Jesus answered and said, you ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That, that, ain't, in your, that ain't in your Bible. That's the, yeah, that's the Petri translation. <laughs> Jesus said, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? Right. Oh, you ain't seen nothing yet. Right. He says, from this moment forth, hereafter, you will see heaven open. Mm. and angels ascending and descending yes. upon the Son of Man. Yes. Wow. Jesus says, you've never seen heaven open on the earth. He said, come hang out with me. <laughs> he said, because when you come hang out with me, I'm going to introduce you to a whole nother realm. Yes, sir. You're going to see angels ascending and descending, going up and coming down, bringing messages, carrying message. You're going to see divine communication between heaven and earth. You're going to see somebody that's able to stand on earth and communicate with heaven. You're going to see somebody that's able to tap into another realm and bring down from that realm into this realm. You're going to see a divine connection between heaven and earth. Don't have time to preach it, but that is the revelation of Jacob's ladder. But the bottom line is, is that wherever Jesus went, the authority of heaven was with them. Repent for the kingdom is at hand. He said, I came to bring heaven's authority. Part of the way you function in that authority, pastor said it earlier, is that angels are assigned to you. Hebrews 1.14, now they are all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who are the heirs of salvation, which means wherever you go, you got angelic activity around you. Did you know that? <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, did you know that? That there's angelic activity happening around you all the time. Well, you believe there's demonic activity, <laughs> don't you? Well, well, there surely has to be angelic activity. And what he was trying to tell you is Jesus says, angels serve me. They serve me. Remember after he was tempted in the wilderness and he was hungry after 40 days? Uh, uh, did y'all finish reading the rest of that verse? Yes, it says, and angels came and ministered to him. Yes, they're here to serve you. Why? They are your servants in another realm. They're your servants. And your assignment, just like Jesus, is to come into the earth and bring heaven down. Which means whenever you walk into a room, peace should have just walked in. Come on, put your head on your head. Say, Lord, I believe this. I, I believe this. Yeah, whenever you just walked in the room, the presence of heaven just walked. Angels just walked in the room. If there wasn't none in here before I got here, they in here now because they run with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they run with me. They, they've been given charge to keep me in all my ways. They've been commanded by God to serve me. That's why I've been in two car wrecks at 75 miles an hour, total both other cars, but I walked out <laughs> without a scratch because they're here to serve me. They're here and they hearken to the voice of his word. Yeah. 
Yes, they do. Now you have to get into binding and loosing because the Bible says that is the mission of the church, the the believer, the body of Christ, that over your life right now, angels are saying, what you want? What you want to do? What what you want to do? We here, we ready, we ready to roll. We will rearrange whatever, we will fight, we will war, we will kick back, we'll push back. What you want, what you want, what you want, what you want. And we spend so much time talking to people that we've forgotten to talk to angels. We've, We've hung out on the conversation side instead of the legislation side that the bulk of, 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 of what comes out of your mouth needs to be legislative, that you're giving decrees by the word of God. And you don't even have to come up with what to say, just say what God said. <laughs> and when it comes out of your mouth, angels go on assignment, devils start backing up because they respect it as God's word, even though it's your mouth. Because you've been given authority over it. And so now we've come to the end of what great faith is all about. Now we're in Mark chapter number 11. Jesus is coming up on a fig tree. He's hungry. He's hungry. And he sees it afar off having leaves. And if they have leaves, then that means figs, but it wasn't the time of figs. But nevertheless, if they're leaves, got to be figs because figs show up before leaves do. If the leaves come, that's proof that the fig is behind it. He gets to the tree to eat it and there's no figs. And the Bible says, and Jesus answering said, which means they must have said something. You know, I used to preach that the tree said something. And whatever it said, it shouldn't have said. <laughs> because Jesus answered it. But really, what it what's about is there's a conversation going on amongst the disciples about it. And I don't know what they said, but Jesus said, no one, he's talking to a tree now, will ever eat fruit from you again ever turned around and walked out the city. This man talking to a tree. (laughs) On the morrow, on the morrow, they come back out and they stop and say, Master, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered away and died. Jesus said, that ain't nothing. (laughs) Have faith in God. He was saying, if you can believe this, what I'm about to tell you, you can say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe the things which you said, you shall have what you say. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, (laughs) when you pray, believe you receive and you shall have it. 
Oh my God. Jesus says, here's what I want you to believe. That you have so much authority in you that you don't just have the authority to bless. Come on Come on. You have the authority to curse. Anything abnormal. Anything out of order. Anything not lined up with God's laws and will. He says, I want you to talk to it. And he said, after you talk to it, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Because once you put your mouth to it, it's just a matter of time. Oh, God. Once you open your mouth, it's just a matter of time. Once you release the authority, believe it's working. And what astonished the apostles is that when he said it, it didn't look like anything happened. But in 24 hours, they come back and the thing is dried up. I don't know what you're dealing with. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what the enemy is doing in your life. I don't know what's out of order. I don't know what's not lined up with God's word. But I came to tell you, if you put your mouth on it and believe that when I speak to it, in his authority, yes. it's got to obey what I said. Yes. And just give it time. Don't doubt. Don't go back and check it. Yes. <laughs> Don't say nothing else. Yes. Because you can't speak to it and then put doubt on it. That's why death and life are in the authority of the tongue. Because you're in authority. And most of you are speaking and angels are moving. Then you say something else and they stop. And you got angels confused about your life. Because on Sunday you got them working. And on Monday you're shutting them down. But I came to tell you if you ever allow the authority of God to work on a situation without disruption, some of you by the end of this week, y'all know what I'm saying, are going to see things change by your authority. Shout if you believe it. Oh, oh, I've got authority on it. Listen, listen, stand up on your feet. Let's talk. Let's talk. He says, this is the way we function. This is the way we work. This is the way we, this is the way as kingdom people, this is the way we function. This is the functionality. In other words, this is the likeness of God. This is how Jesus functioned. Go back through your Bible. Go back through it and see how many times he said, just take up your bed and walk. (laughs) Go your way. (laughs) Show yourself to the priest. (laughs) As you have believed, you have it. Go down to the pool and wash. I mean, it was amazing. And when he wanted provision, I've been waiting and pastor didn't hit it. I thought he was going to hit it. And then Agnes didn't hit it. I thought she was going to hit it. I say they left it for me to hit it. Because you move money 
with your mouth. That's what people don't understand. Your authority arranges provision. They toiled all night, caught nothing. Going home with nothing. Jesus steps on the boat, says, launch back out to the deep. They, they said, um, Master, Rabbi, Reverend, Teacher, they said, we, 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 we fished all night. We washing our nets. We, we going home because you might be an amazing teacher, but you don't know nothing about fishing. We can't do it in the daytime because if we throw the net out there, the fish see the net. They ain't coming in the net rail. <laughs> but nevertheless, because we want to be respectful to you, we're going to go on back out. I love telling this story. Jesus goes back out and says, this here will be about good. Drop your nets. <laughs> he say, boys, because I'm fixing to teach you the difference from fishing and having authority over fish. I got drunk, y'all. I'm sorry. Forgive me. He says, you've been fishing with a net. I fish with my mouth. I fish with authority. Say, drop down your nets. They drop them down. He say, now pull them up. (laughs) They couldn't even get it up. Because when you have authority, you don't throw a net. You say money. See, people laugh at Dr. Thompson when he came up with that revelation because they did not understand that when you say money cometh, everything starts moving in another realm to move on people and situations to start arranging harvest and promotion and breakthrough in your life. I came to tell you your wealth is in your mouth. And whenever you put authority together with ability, you have explosive power. Your wealth is in your gift. But Satan will fight you if you don't take authority with your mouth and arrange your provision. I don't know what you need. I don't know how much you need. I don't know what you're believing for. But the moment you say it tonight, when you decree it, the spirit realm starts moving. See, it's not a mystery now. You got it. I just came to explain it to you. That's why you cannot say stupid stuff. Don't ever let anything come out of your mouth. You don't want manifested in your life. Ever. Because you're in authority. And you say, you might say something, be like, well, I didn't really mean it. You don't have to mean it for the devil to take advantage over Because you are in authority, your words 
are the most powerful things you possess. That your words serve you. Hebrews 11, and I promise you, I'm going to quit. Hebrews 11, this, this has just been ringing in my spirit. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that everything that is seen was not made of things which do appear. And the Bible says that word worlds right there is the Greek word eon, where he's not talking about the physical planet. He's not talking about the, I frame the physical planet, not in that verse. It's the Greek word eon, which means ages. It means times. Wow. Which means the Bible says, by faith we understand that God framed the ages with his word. So the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Wow. Which means when God opens up his mouth, whatever he said starts manifesting itself whenever he said it. And he says, this is the way God has rearranged the whole ages. That's why he could prophesy thousands of years in advance and then Jesus be manifested right on time. And when it manifests, there's nothing on earth they can take credit for the manifestation. It came from his word. Now, this is what he's been dealing with me about. You have that type of authority over your life that your whole life, you ought to be running into what you said. Your whole life, the ages of your life. And I thought about my life. I thought about the things that the Lord has spoken to me. And I was bold enough to tell somebody. What the Lord was telling me is I need you to release that in the earth so I can start things working in the realm of the spirit to bring that to pass just at the right time. One of the most amazing things, uh, I mean, my faith is just on a whole nother level. 2020, we wanted to go back to the Holy Land. And, uh, and, and so she's never been, I went 20 years ago, I wanna go back. And so we were like, 2020, we'll probably go to the Holy Land. That's, that's what we just planned. But then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and said, no, you, you're, you're not going to the Holy Land to tour it. You're going to the Holy Land to preach. He said, because, and this is where you have to believe God. He says, because there is a word I want you to release in Jerusalem. That's going to cause a shifting in that nation. And so I'm long past, well, who am I? I ain't, you know, I just, okay. And so I told my wife, I said, I'm, I'm going, I believe I'm going to Jerusalem, Israel to preach, not to tour, to preach. I, I'm going to preach in Israel. He showed it to me. It wasn't a month later. 
I was preaching in a conference in Dallas, Texas with Chuck Pierce, Passover. And they called both of us up to, to anoint us. And he said these words. He said, not only am I prophesying and releasing you to the nations, but you must go to Israel to be released from Jerusalem. And so next month, month after next, one of them, October, hit it to the Holy Land. Now I'm excited about that. To preach the Feast of Tabernacles. Now here's what I'm saying. How much stuff has God not been able to do? Because when he told you, you were like, well, ain't no way that's going to happen. I don't know how in the world I'm going to get that. You shut down spiritual activity. And worse than that, you release demonic activity to make sure Satan hinders your plans. What I want to do tonight is turn you into a prayer warrior. Speak the word of God over your life. And I'm telling you before 2020 hits, many of the things that concern your life right now will be of no concern. It's not a mystery. But you've got to be committed to the dominion mandate. Praying and speaking and decreeing his word while you're driving down the highway, getting up in the morning, headed to the bathroom, decreeing the word of the, speaking over your body until it changes your DNA if it has to, until high blood pressure comes down, until sugar levels balance out. You have got to take authority. So let's do it. It won't take but two or three minutes. Let me activate you. How many of you in here dealing with financial situations? Don't be ashamed about it. I've been there and done that. Been through it. Right now, your father has already said, I'll supply your needs. Somebody's got it. Somebody's got it. It's already down here. It just needs to be arranged. You just got to speak and allow the authority in the realm of the spirit to start bringing it together. Right now, let's get your need met. Right now. Say, in the name of Jesus, I command hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars. I'm with y'all, Pastor. I'm with y'all. I'm with y'all. Millions of dollars to, to come to me as an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. Now, in Jesus' name. Now, shout and thank God for it. Shout and thank God for it. And right now, 
the moment you said that, things start moving in another realm. And if you don't pull your authority off of it and just give it some time, some this week, some next week, it is on its way to you right now. How many of you have been dealing with sickness or disease in your body? Come on, raise your hand. Come on. The, uh, um, you know, high blood pressure runs in my family. It, 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 genetically, it runs in. And I'm going to be the one to make it run right on out. Because what you got to believe is that the moment you speak healing, the things in the realm of the spirit go into motion. And some of you might not need zapping. It might not even need to be a supernatural thing. Some of you are going to get a download of wisdom. What to do, what to stop, what to stop, what to start, what to quit doing, what to start doing. And then some of you, the Holy Ghost is going to say, I got this. And just release his power in your body and work a healing and a cure in it. But it starts the moment. Now you got it. This is why you believe you receive it. Because it's working right now. Lift your hands and say, in the name of Jesus, you were wounded for my transgressions. And with your stripes, I am healed. I am an heir of God and a joint heir with Christ. In the authority of your name, I speak healing just like you spoke over the centurion. I speak over myself and I command my body be healed in the authority of Jesus' name. Now shout and thank God for it. This, this is it. I want you to get out of your seat and touch seven people and say it's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. I said get out of your seat and tell seven people it's in your mouth. That's where, that's where the change is. It's in your mouth. It's in your mouth. Your business is in your mouth. It is in your mouth. Your increase is in your mouth. Your deliverance is in your mouth. Some of y'all did not go to seven people. It's in my mouth. I said seven people. Seven people and tell them it's in your mouth. Seven people. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. Now, seven people. Send your mouth. Send your mouth. No, I need him to stay. Now, Father, I speak over this church. I bind every evil spirit, person, or thing that has been released 
from the kingdom of darkness to hinder this ministry. That's been sent to hinder it numerically, sent to hinder it financially, been sent to hinder it relationally, been sent to hinder it spiritually. I curse every work of demonic power and I command heaven to open. Yes, thank you, Lord. Let these next four months of September, October, November, and December surpass the first eight months of anointing, of authority, of sphere influence. I command the angels assigned to this church to go forth into this city from the north, the south, the east and the west and bring in the harvest of people and souls. I thank you for the mantle of wealth that is on this house to be released in its fullness and I command the full weight of the glory that you've anointed them with to be displayed in this city in full capacity. I decree your voice will not be hidden, but it shall break out. And it will be as if they never heard of you will be such a breakout. You'll be like, I've been here all this time, but it will be like an unveiling for the Bible says that John the Baptist was in the wilderness until the time of his revealing to Israel. I decree, Pastor Keith and Pastor Cynthia, the time of your revealing has come. In Jesus' name. Now, y'all, let's do it not because it's noise, but because it's right to do it. I want you to thank God for every good and perfect thing that's being released in the heavens over your life right now. Praise Him in advance for it. Never the same. Full capacity. In Jesus' name. Oh, God.